This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly warthog man cave in the piney woods of north central Florida, a God's country in the Melvin Law Studio. Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators and is a full-service legal firm protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention. John Pastore, Randy Elrad, local, be protected locally and sponsored by all the great sponsors you see, Allstate, Julio Casio. Um, we've got, of course, R&R Construction, Style Cuts. We've got Poser Medical. We've got uh, a bunch I'm not going to go into until the bottom of the hour <clears throat> when we do that more specifically. And then all of you who support us in our endeavors to bring you uh, a show that keeps you informed. And good morning from Atlanta with Ken Hillier, uh, Plantation Mark from Virginia. Oh, boy, I tell you what, international show here, really. And we have open line Friday, 352-707-9101. It's on the screen, 352-707-9101. Call in and we'll chat about anything you want to chat about, including we'll use the beep word even, fraud. <clears throat> if that's what got you interested and float your boat. We also have odds and ends. And odds and ends where I just sort of collect up all the things that strike me as rather strange. You know, the longer you live, perhaps the more things strike you as strange because you have a long context into which to put things. Doug Whitaker coming off his 17th operation. He's viewing right now, I I suppose, from a comfortable position in an easy chair, having had hip surgery yesterday. An amazing guy. 70, maybe this is 18. I don't, I can't keep track. And Matt Cannon, a longtime friend. So, um, locally, here we go again. What am I talking about? The seven-member city commission, by all means, call in and chime in if you want to, is chewing the issue again of drinking in public. Yeah, that's right. Being able to walk around Gainesville, specifically really, in the downtown, quote, entertainment district. Wandering from watering hole to watering hole with an open alcoholic beverage in your hand. 
<clears throat> well, I, I, I'm, I'm bemused by this because I came to the university in 1961. 1961, Alachua County was a dry county. By that we mean no hard liquor. If you wanted hard liquor, you went across the county line. And if you went to Marion County, you went to Ruby's, just across the county line. Of course, the University of Florida fraternities made Ruby's wealthy. And if you wanted to go over to Putnam County, just east of Hawthorne, you went to Henry's. And the fraternity boys made Henry's wealthy. Henry's son, later when the county went wet, was the guy who bankrolled Sin City. Sin City was spelled with a C, C I N C I T Y. And I'll explain that. It was a dry county. Well, I'd just come here from military school. And we could walk to all the quote-unquote watering holes. Weren't more than three or four blocks from the dorm where I lived in Fletcher. And our favorite one was called Gatorland. And I soon learned that Gatorland, of course, closed at midnight. And all you could drink was beer with a watered-down alcohol content. Not much alcohol in it at all. And I soon learned that the only way you knew you, quote unquote, had a good time the night before was when you woke up the next day with a pounding headache. I'm having to drink so many pitchers of watered down alcohol in order to get what we call, quote unquote, a buzz. And some guys really measured the extent to which they had had a buzz by how many times they had thrown up. I know it's a family show, and I shouldn't be saying that. But that's the way it was. And we just accepted it as normal. The rumor was all the quote-unquote beverage agents were paid off. So that the few women that were in town, and the ratio then was about seven males to one female, and the females were all cloistered in the dorms, could not live off campus. But the beverage agents turned their head, we're told, because you could bring a female, if you were lucky enough to know one, to the watering hole with you who might be underage because most of them were. And the drinking age was 21. So you could get in there 18 years old, 19 years old, but there still was a curfew. And I remember one of my first girlfriends 
lived in Jenning Hall and rode her girl's bicycle with a basket on the handlebars to Burger Bill's, which was right across the street from Fletcher, to which I could walk from my dorm room, but she had to ride up from Jenny's. And we were having a nice chat. We were on maybe our second pitcher. And she was all of 18. And suddenly we looked at the watch. And it was 1030. Well, she had a curfew at 1030. She jumped on her girl's bicycle, raced back to Jennings Hall, and the door was chain locked. She had violated curfew. She was put on dorm arrest, couldn't go out during the night on weeks, couldn't go out on the weekend, about a month, which decided she, her that she would go back home to Delray Beach, Florida, <clears throat> and never darken the doors of the University of Florida again. <clears throat> now, the interesting thing about her, not only was she one of the few women on campus, but she was a very good-looking woman, young woman, and her cousin was a playmate foldout. The point is, these girls couldn't, Gainesville couldn't accommodate them. Gainesville was sure that their presence, I guess, would destroy the morality of the boys. The only real entertainment I heard when I got here, and I didn't go, I've never been on one, was the guys in the dorm one night were all excited. <clears throat> Turned out they were going to go on a panty raid. I said, what's a panty raid? Oh, we go come back with a pair of panties from the girls' dorm. Well, I didn't go, but it turns out the girls would actually tantalize the boys, holding a pair of panties out the window and dropping them out on the lawn. This was Gainesville, <clears throat> 1961. 1961. Well, I dropped out of school in 62 to go work in Orlando. I think you know that story at Martin Marietta Missile Factory. When I came back, I believe it was 63. The county, and I think I got my dates right, right in there, was wet. And the reason it had become wet, in other words, it would sell alcohol. You could consume hard liquor. was because a man named Mr. Posey had offered to build a state-of-the-art steakhouse bar, hotel in Gainesville. If 
the community would go wet. Now, this is the story I always heard. I knew him. He was a very nice man. And that happened. And we had a great piano bar, great steakhouse, all the things that he promised. And that was at the south end of town. Well, that was tolerable. We had Bobby Griffin on the piano. All the city muckety-mucks came there to do their steak. But at the north end of the town, a scandal erupted because of a guy named Dub Thomas who started Dub's steer room, which was a steak, and then a dance place where turned out later Tom Petty was a house band. And there was a mini skirt contest. Wow. That blew the lid off of Gainesville. Meanwhile, downtown Gainesville was dying. Literally dying. Because of the interstate. Downtown Gainesville had no economy. Except the government buildings. Well, I think you know the story. That I was the one who named Lillian's Lillian's. And a couple of my friends started Lillian's and started the place called 12 East, which became Sovereign. Way ahead of their time because they could get city blocks for practically nothing. But you had to build an attraction to come downtown. We had the darndest time getting the city to allow us to put an awning over the sidewalk at the entrance to 12 East. That took practically an order from the Pope. And then the question became, how late can the bar stay open? Well, it was decided two o'clock. Well, then could you have a bar that didn't serve, but you brought your own bottle after two o'clock? And eventually there became this quiet quasi zone, two to four, where you could go after the bars closed at two. And the biggest political discussions then for the students, the joke is, the only time they ever voted was when there was a discussion about what time the bars would close. And you may have heard Steve Spurrier's quote about this, because invariably his players would go downtown and invariably they get in trouble of some sort if those bars 
had this quasi area from two to four. Of course, they'd be there because the women were there. And by then, women were coming because it was ruled that the state was no longer loco parenti and was not in charge of the morality of the women. They were on their own. And once the morality of the women, once it was decided that the women were in charge of their own morality, well, you can guess then what happened to the morality of the males. The morality of males is decided by the morality of the female. When the females were locked up, cloistered in a dry county, there wasn't much mischief the males could get in. But when the women were allowed to live off campus with the same liberties that the males had had, then we began to see a different society. I make no political posture about any of this. This is just the way it happened. So now we have the men and women out until at least four. And we have a mini skirt contest at one end of the town. We have a full service steak piano bar at the other end. And we have the downtown area beginning to catch on. And the only time the students are voting is a decision about whether to stay open at 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So when I look at this discussion about among the city leaders, if you want to call them that, about how late or how far one can amble with an open container. I just got to say, that ain't nothing. What you have now, and this is the big game changer, None of us in my generation ever dreamt of carrying a gun. Although we could pull up in our pickup trucks in our school parking lots with a rifle hanging in the window and nothing be said. But now Because you have a society that has been portrayed as sympathetic to the misbehaving people who are not sympathetic to each other. We have descended into this chaos, which is probably making it much more difficult for entrepreneurs to have any incentive to be downtown. 
where there's no place to park. There is no number of police who could help. One of the things which did help once upon a time was mounted police. New Orleans is able to control much of the Mardi Gras because of mounted police. A big horse in a crowd is something to deal with. Oh, no, can't do that. Put them on bicycles, completely different. And as Plantation Mark is talking here, I see in the chat line, yes, birth control pills definitely change the morality of the women. So this discussion about walking around or not walking around with a cup of booze, the horse is out of the barn. And it's not the booze. It's the permissiveness that we have come to live in. When I was in the classroom trying to teach unwilling students some grammar, I ran across a sentence in the Bedford Handbook, which is the Bible or grammar. One of them, Harbrace is the other. And in an attempt to get the students engaged, I would read aloud sentences in the exercises and comment on them. Most of the time, I had not read the sentences beforehand because I wanted to be fresh as the students were. And I read a sentence in the latest edition of the Bedford Handbook. I have to remember that these editions are always changing so that the college has to buy yet new books and then the students have to buy new books. That's one of the rackets. The grammar doesn't change or didn't for the longest time, but of course it has radically lately. So I read a sentence, really not knowing until I read it what I'd read. This is the sentence. When Paul was 19, he met, he met Sue, who moved in with him shortly thereafter. Take a sip of coffee on that. When Paul was 19, he met Sue, who moved in with him shortly thereafter. I stopped. I feigned shock. I said, that's illegal. I didn't even really know if it was or not. But it was certainly different from 1961. So, What did the students say? Oh, what are you talking about, dude? What do you mean illegal? 
once they were engaged with my grammar lesson. I said, A, he's only 19. B, he barely knew her. And C, they're cohabitating out of wedlock. Oh, my God. You could, you know, it was a wonder. I, could, I couldn't duck the rotten tomatoes thrown at me quick enough. Oh, dude, you know, what's up with you? Those who want to try revisionist history with slavery, try that one out. Try that one out. It was the norm for the women to live in the dorm, 1961, at the University of Florida. It was unheard of in the 70s when I read this sentence to him. Unthinkable. Not only did you have to not have to live in the dorm, you didn't have to be married to live together. Which personally, I don't, I don't have any problem. You know, you know, I'm not in charge of the world. I was just trying to make the point that the grammar lesson is who moved in with him shortly thereafter, whether that is preceded by a comma or not. So, an open cup with problem is, if you look at it in a bigger picture, is that a slippery slope? Take a look at San Francisco. The fentanyl, the people on the street, the chaos, all of which is accepted. Oh, those poor folks. We really can't disturb them. The downtown business people should have the strongest input in this discussion because they have the most to lose. And that's where the rub is. Some of them like this kind of chain bar hopping or even organized events on it where you get a wristlet and you go from bar to bar, pay one fee. I don't think that that issue will be the big one that the politicians need to be worried about. Closing the bars, that is an issue. And if you look at the trash on the streets after the bars close, it increases exponentially from two to four. And so when you go downtown the next day, ain't had no time to clean it up. The closing time of the bars is probably the biggest issue. When I get back from our little bottom of the hour break, 
I'll talk about the school board and their discussions about zoning. It's very interesting. And there's some real misguided assumptions, I think, driving their discussions. We'll be right back on Rewards Godfathers. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Attention all Gator fans, Melden Law is giving away a chance to experience the Florida Georgia game like never before. Two nights stay at the Hilton on the River, dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse, two premium tickets to the game, and a football signed by Coach Billy Napier, and much more. Go to the Melden Law Facebook page and look for the VIP experience for two. Good luck and go Gators! This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Ward's Weather Report. Looking at a post by Whitaker, Doug Whitaker, anybody else's sound cutting in and out? Uh, don't think so. Production can confirm that for me. 
probably your own hookup. Probably an internet name for you, Doug. Um, going to get up in the low 90s today. It's in the high 70s now at Piney Woods of North Central Florida. But Hurricane, and boy, this is a great name, Hurricane Hillary is getting ready to flood the Southwest up through California. And it might actually, Death Valley might turn into, temporarily anyway, a lake. A massive lake, so says the weather reports. And this is going to be a situation not to be treated lightly by Californians because of the nature of the soil and the absence of this type of event there that renders them ill-prepared usually for it. So we'll keep an eye on that. Here we're going to have intermittent rain today, and we've got a couple of systems out in the Atlantic, which we are watching. We are approaching, of course, our hurricane season. We're right in it, as a matter of fact. The school board here locally, and I invite you to call. Geez, my story was so mesmerizing a minute ago that nobody called. Um, Some people are saying their sound is cutting in and out. Uh, Don't think it's our fault. Your internet connection, perhaps. The School board is trying to rezone. And the problem with why they're trying to rezone, to put it to you very bluntly, and you're able to chime in if you want, they want to rezone so that the students in the schools are balanced socioeconomically. That ain't possible. This is probably the ultimate diversity, equity, and inclusion, delusion people who believe or advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion suffer. Our country isn't balanced socioeconomically. Our county is not balanced socioeconomically. The city of Gainesville certainly isn't Balanced socioeconomically. And furthermore, what does balance mean? You want to balance these schools? Not possible. The assumption is 
that those from a better socioeconomic, better, if you will, section of town have smarter kids. And those smarter kids need to be mixed in with kids who aren't as smart because maybe the kids that aren't as smart will imitate the kids who are, which is never the way it happens. And in order to do that, we have to bus. Now, the problem with busing, I've talked to teachers about this, where I got these notes from. The children are not supposed to be on a bus more than an hour. But in order to achieve this delusion of diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's quite possible that a child will be on a bus far over an hour. A waste of the child's time and a waste of the diesel fuel. We know in our bones that poverty does not create bad learning accomplishments. What does is attitude, discipline, and behavior. That's what creates the bad learning outcomes. Well, that starts zero to four at home. Zero to four at home. How are you going to go after that when the government is busy? Oh, we're way beyond when Paul was 19. He met Sue, who moved in with him shortly. Right? We're way beyond that. The government actually finances that now. This diversity, equity, and inclusion, delusion, actually has discussed rezoning for mental health problems. That's not one of the three R's. Furthermore, teachers have been discouraged from, quote-unquote, writing up behavior issues because of the race card. That's the elephant in the room.
That is the elephant in the room. It's impossible to create, quote-unquote, perfect school districts. The school board can't plan around things that are out of their control. They don't have any control over all the building on the west side of the county. They don't have any control over families moving into complexes that used to be UF student complexes. They don't have any control over open borders. They don't have any control over charter and private schools Enrollment, they don't have any control over homeschooling, virtual schooling. So what should they focus on? Do you think in a PTA meeting, they get the parents of the Students with a bad attitude to come to those PTA meetings? No. My prediction is you're going to see more and more people ensuring that their children do not go to the public school system. And the more the school board tries to base all of this on DEI, the more the people are going to avoid the public school system. Unless it's in a community like Newbury, where you have a community school, community pride, that whole bit. 352. 707-9101. Huh? Odds and ends. Got a few. Odds and ends. Let me see which one's the most interesting. There's an article by Judith Humphrey. I thought it was kind of odd and therefore worth putting in the odds and ends. What are terms and phrases that are okay with friends and family, but probably not okay at your job vocabulary? You may agree or disagree with these. Number one, the phrase, no problem. 
It's empty of meaning, innocuous. But it comes up in all kinds of business environments. And at a level just beneath conscious awareness, okay, it creates an underhanded resentment. Plantation Mark, how are you, sir? Yeah, yeah, pretty good, Ward. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll talk a little bit about the school board zoning and, and schools in general, because we live in a very rural place up here, and the uh, student load here is dwindling every year. So we just uh, absolutely uh, decided it's school board in the county to close three elementary schools, go ahead and uh, build a b big brand new one uh, basically next to where the old middle school is, and they're just transferring students over to the old high school, the new tech center, which will become the new high school, and uh, basically consolidate everything. So everybody up here is going to get bused, and it's some of the longest bus routes I've ever seen. My grandson rode uh, almost an hour and a half when wow. he was in high school to go uh, completely around the south end of the county here and then all the way up to the middle of the county to Lawrenceville. And uh, finally, they dropped the middle schoolers off first and then dropped the high schoolers off last. And uh, basically, uh, his bus ride home was uh, literally an hour and a half home. So uh, we've kind of taken care of a consolidation problem because there were like three school districts. And uh, it just it didn't make any sense now to fight it. But on the other hand, when you talk about... A DEI, I'd say that uh, since the county is 77% black, 77% uh, of all the students uh, end up in public schools. And the, the rich, I call them the rich people, those uh, that are well-to-do, the Brunswick Academy private school is about 99.9% .9 white. So basically, they, they've, they've segregated the private school out because most of the people up here don't have the money to send them there. And that's why I think vouchers would, uh, you know, be be optimum. But uh, anyway, it's hot and dry up here. Uh, turned a bunch of dirt yesterday. I sprayed a lot of herbicide out along the uh, fence lines, the gardens and everything this morning. And uh, we're going to get busy and get two acres mowed today. But I'll just hang up Warden uh, and listen to the rest of your show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much, sir. Interesting. An hour and a half bus ride. Wow. 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 I'm trying to think where you could go on a Greyhound in an hour and a half. Um, probably from where we are. Well, you could get almost to Orlando. Probably almost. Golly. What's that, Zach? Yeah, that's that's a way to look at this. You're taking a kid and busting him to Jacksonville for an education in school, in public school. 
I mean, that, 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 that's wild. Another phrase that irritates people, other than no problem, is whatever, whatever is a phrase that I really can't stand myself. I'm not going to tell you who says it to me, but if somebody close enough to me that I can't complain about it, it's uh, one of those things like, well, I don't want to talk about it, or are you crazy? You know, it's got so many. Point is, it's become one of those phrases that's less helpful than helpful. Another one which I hear quite a bit. You ready for it? It is what it is. Well, I always say after somebody says that to me, so what is it? I mean, that's what I'm interested in. It is what it is, I know, but what is it? Another one, which is more and more being accepted as okay publicly, which I don't use, but I will use since it's in this article, even though this is a family show, is the word pissed off. You don't want to use that in the workplace, according to this analysis. You don't want to say she was really pissed off after that meeting. That's not a very smart thing to say at the office. As I think I told you once upon a time, the way you get through military school is with one phrase, no excuse, sir. Well, Another one, it sounds like a plan. Oh, well, I thought I'd put those in odds and ends. I don't know if they float your boat. How about that one? Brands. Have you ever thought about the importance of a brand? Here is an article that has rated the top 100 companies by their brand. I think Fox printed this. Brand Finance is the one who did this analysis. Something called brand finance. They examined over 5,000 companies across 38 countries. Now, a brand's value represents the allocation of company earnings that are linked to the brand. Here is the most valuable brand. And I'll go through in descending order what they are. The most valuable brand is Amazon. Second to Amazon 
is Apple. Third, Google. Fourth, Microsoft. Fifth, Walmart. Sixth, Samsung. Now, the, by the time we get to Samsung, their brand value is $99.70. The brand value of Amazon is $299.30. And that is a ranking that is in the S&P financial markets. TikTok is number 10 at $65.70. So Amazon ranks number one globally with its brand valued, its brand valued, just its brand, at $299 billion. It has very strong brand loyalty. Apple is very close, second, with a $298 billion brand value. If you look at the brand value based on sector, the sector breakdown uses data from the top 500 brands covered by brand finance. The number one sector breakdown of brands is tech. Number two is retail. Number three is media. Number four is banking. Number five is automobiles, and it goes on down. The fastest rising brands. LinkedIn is number four. BYD is a leading electric vehicle firm. Get this, in China. It is the number one brand value percentage change from 2022 to 2023. Its value has gone up 57%. BYD, BYD, a leading electric vehicle firm in China. Interesting. That electric vehicle brand, you know, is heavily subsidized by the government. Think about that. I didn't know this, and I don't know if this is true. Um, And I can't remember where I got it. Should have written it down. Is this true? Anybody know? In the state of Florida... Any driver found transporting someone who was unlawfully in the state could face 
five years in jail and a $5,000 fine. Uh, This law came to light recently after civil rights groups asked a judge to throw out the ruling, claiming that it could make it unsafe for people to receive medical care, meet with family, and go to work. CBS News reported this. I didn't know this. They blame it, of course, on DeSantis. I didn't know about the law. I have to research that and find out if that's so. I guess it is. I know. Well, well, well. 352-707-9101. That was our call in the dime. These are odds and ends. Oh, this is a uh, interesting weekend coming up because we're going to watch those storms out there in the Atlantic. And um, power actually went off here yesterday a couple of times because of heavy lightning. We had some very heavy storms come through here. They're intermittent, but they could come your way. And be careful of the lightning always in the state of Florida, especially. Well, have a great weekend. Hopefully, you got a little bit of com- entertainment, at least, out of uh, a trip down memory lane on the decline of morality in Gainesville or the rise of freedom, depending on how you look at it. Warthog Command Center out.